Three, two, one. How you doing? This is Joey Natolo with Space Between here with Andy Donaldson. How you doing, man? I'm great. Right it's on. It's always a pleasure to come to the house, to the to, to the, the place. Yeah, to the place to be. So I want to wrap with Eddie about um, we want to talk about art uh, about four years ago. Um, started with an interesting experience, and uh, I was led to Eddie. Me and Eddie been friends for a long time. How many, how many years? 30. It's a long time. 28. What was it, 91, 92? Yeah. And it's 2020, so almost 30 years. Yeah. So it's interesting because when I started, me and Eddie grew up in, uh, on the street. I'll say, I don't know if on the street. We had places to live. In but the street. In the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But how we met was definitely interesting. We talked about it on a, I think it was a second podcast. Yeah. The, the second first one. Was and how and the second was Eddie. How we met, yeah. And how times like that kind of push people together. And on, you know, when you least expect something and you go through situations that are, you're forced together in, in like a high adrenaline type of situation, yeah. you, you get to know how people react. That situation definitely went from zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I think it's interesting is that due to those experiences and, and then the experience I was having, I, I had, um, you know, now that I know and I'm integrated, I had an awakening. Um, a lot of people thought that I, I'd lost my mind or I, I was becoming unhinged. And it happened in uh, about 2016. And it was November 2016. I was admitted to a mental institution. And I think right when I got out, I called you. But the interesting story about that the part of it that's fascinating is that somebody that had passed away and transitioned, one of our best friends, Jeff, started communicating with me. Yes, communicating with me. And I, to the best of my ability, was trying to express that experience with the people around me and my family. Um, and they weren't really understanding what was happening. And, and I guess the Jesus thing probably threw him off when I said I thought I was Jesus. That that <laughs> that'll tend to throw yeah. people off, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it's interesting because I think uh, right around the same time, it was happening with Kanye West. Yeah, he was institutionalized the same time you were. Yeah. At the same place. Yep. Yeah. UCLA, and so watching and and seeing this now, watching how people are. You know, when they talk about mental illness, I think the word illness is probably not the right word to use. Mental health. Probably better. Yeah. And if you think... health covers the spectrum, right? Right. Illness is a negative. Health is the... Getting better. You're working on something. You're moving forward. Yeah. Illness, you're kind of like... Going backwards. Or you're working from a really... Down. Yeah, bad, bad place. Yeah. But I think that looking at that um, from this point of view and like just, just from our relationship... Our, like I base like looking at it because when this happened, I spoke to my to my family. I tried to express what's happening because I looked. They said, "What are you feeling?" So I was like, "I feel this. I feel." I, I told them, but it just sounded so way out because they'd never heard me talk about somebody that had not been on this plane was communicating with me, and nor have I ever said that in my life. Yeah. But it got me put into a mental institution. But really interesting enough, like if you look at Dave LaChapelle, is right his name? Dave Chappelle. Chappelle? Oh, LaChapelle is a director. He went to go see Kanye. Like that's a true friend. Like, and he had a, kind of a very similar experience. 
you know, but everybody on the platform said, oh, he's having a breakdown. And just the fact that, like, he went to see him, you know, and that trust between those friends because they both shared a kind of similar experience is really interesting and probably one of the I best things for Connie. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that he went through what he went through, you know. And if you watch some of his new stuff, he really gets a little bit deeper into it and kind of explains it. But I didn't know he went to see Kanye. Dude, it was right after you posted the picture of Retina with Chappelle. It was like the day before that. Oh, really? Yeah. He went to to Wyoming to go see Kanye because Kanye was, you know. I had no idea. But that's great. Yeah. Dave's a good dude. Yeah. I I couldn't hear what Retina was saying to him, though. But I was happy he was wearing the Gorilla One shirt. (laughs) But Retina was kind of having a spiritual experience. Retinus has been going through some sort of, whether it's a breakthrough or breakdown for a while and, and trying to contain it, yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of people, especially when you're on a public platform, you're a you know, public figure, it's, you're gonna, you know, that you're gonna be looked at and then judged and, and, and on that it becomes more, it becomes very difficult, especially for your mental status and how people are perceiving you. Yeah, how people look at you. But you know what I think is, Expect, like just use Retina as an example or other people that we know who are geniuses. I mean, I'm not going to call you a genius, but you're, you have a gift, right? If yeah. you're constantly open to that channel or whatever that is, you're, this, this thing's coming through you. You're a vessel for this creativity or this business thing or whatever you do. It, it, you're open. And if something gets through there, that's the right thing gets through there, you, it's going to turn you around and you're going to be forced to kind of be connected to the source. You know what I mean? Because that flow is coming to you from one place for who knows where it's coming from, and, but it just kind of changes. And people like me and you, we don't know what to do with that stuff. We're not accustomed to that, mm-hmm. to that kind of energy. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think, a, I think it's becoming more prevalent that people are, it's more accepted. I think that the conscious community, like I didn't know what a conscious community was, but I feel that there's more places because to go to, you know, like the, you know, as far as for people that are having awakenings. Um, we're working with a nonprofit called Assist. It's American Center of Spiritually Transformative Experiences. And what they do is they train therapists and uh, psychiatrists on, on determining what is a psychosis versus a spiritually transformative experience, um, which was really interesting because I found this in, you know, just one night playing with the computer when I read it. I'm like, well, somebody. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, like that just knowing that that could be out there to help because I'd been into, you know, went to, I wanted to get help because I didn't want to feel like I was going crazy, one. So I wanted to understand what was happening, but, you know, definitely the Jesus thing threw them off. But, you know, there's, there's people all walking around the street every day. Like I say, I saw the other guy, day some guy was walking down the street carrying a cross, but big as him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that fool thinks he's Jesus, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then you got the other dude, right? That kind of, he's a little more like, you know, like maybe he went to Harvard, but he has awakening. He's like, hey, uh, I really don't want to say anything, but I feel like Jesus is talking to me. And people are like, bro, you're tripping, yeah. right? But I was always kind of an all-in type dude, right? So I was like, well, fuck it. I am Jesus. <laughs> let's just, right? Like, let's just, like, yeah, that yeah, really yeah. in my head, I just started from that. High, and then I had to rule, it was a rule, like I had to rule a couple things out of there. Yeah. But when you see it, when you see Kanye saying stuff like that, or you see other people that are having these experiences and not fully gauging what's happening, right? Because it was Reverend Michael Beckwith that really kind of cleared that for me. Not even really, he probably knew exactly what he was doing, but, you know, and the Christ consciousness and, and what it, 
you know, what that means. I actually called him to my house one time to actually tell him the same thing. I'm dude, I think I'm Jesus. And he just smiled, you know? I oh. told him that for the first time. Did you? Like, I was, when I first introduced you guys, I was like, went to the office to paint the wall. And I'm like, look, my boy thinks he's God. Like, you got to just be patient. Kind of the same thing with Tage. I was like, you know, there's, it's, it's real, but it can be distorted at times. And he's like, I know exactly what's going on. He goes, he's not the first person that's coming to me thinking that they were the next coming of Christ. Right. He goes, he just needs to, to get tuned the knobs. Yeah. And I was like, okay. All right. Once again, I felt at ease. Like, all right, these people know what they're talking about, and they've seen this before, and they they're so connected to source that they, like you said, he knew what he was doing when he helps you through that process, but mm -hmm. just didn't tell you. No, and I didn't. You know, I wasn't sure. It was nice that I wasn't because he didn't look at me. I was crazy. He smiled. You know, and then I, I like I leaned in like what, and then when he expressed it, it didn't it didn't like I was like oh yeah. It took time to understand. Because I felt that the, um, you know, when you see these images as clearly as like I'm looking at you and you don't understand what's happening, you don't really know. And so my family, you know, I, they would, they asked me like, do you think you're, after a while I knew, I, I obviously knew that was happening, but it, I didn't, you know, I was wearing white around and I was like, I wouldn't step on the floor. I only would only walk on white towels. <laughs> I, would, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they were tripping. And, you know, they were like, wow, he's tripping. And I, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I tried to get Morgan. Remember Morgan got in the car accident? Or no. JC's brother got in a really bad car accident. And, and that was the thing that really kind of threw them off is I, I, I thought I could make him walk again. Okay. So I was like, rise! See, I missed all this stuff. Oh, bro, this was right before Thanksgiving. Were we feeding homeless at the time? It was, it was two to three weeks after that. Okay. Because that's how I got out of the... Med well, so I'm just going to lay this out for the people listening so I started meditating three in the morning. I know, and so my best friend who passed away, he drank himself to death. And, uh, and I was not really understanding that, how that happened. It just, just, you know, when someone, you feel like someone's gonna pass, you, in your head, and this is before I thought it was Jesus, by the way, but you, as a human being, I just thought like, oh, this can't happen and I, I can help him. He yeah. could live. Like, I can help him live. Because you never really think it's going to happen. Like, your friend's going to die right in front of you. Yeah. So I was like, bone broth. Do you know, all these things that you think will fix him. But first I asked him. I asked him, do you want to live? And he said, yes. So I'm like, oh, he wants to live. Yeah. He wants to live. And then a couple of days after, it just didn't go down that way. And, uh, but we got to spend the time together. I remember I stole him from the hospital. Well, I didn't steal him. I took him from the hospital. I got in trouble because I wanted to spend one extra like time. Yeah, with doing him. something different than sitting in the room. Yeah, and but it was fresh out of a movie though. Like that's some movie shit. Like oh, stealing dude, your I have friend to, I have in the, the gown, in the convertible, driving around town. You know. Yeah. But that's and, going out with a bang, and that's how Jeff would have wanted it. Yeah. So so when he said to go talk to you, he's like, "You got to talk to Eddie." Now this is after he passes, because I go to them and I say, "Yo." I tell my ex-wife, I'm like, I'm talking to Jeff. Da, 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 da. They're, they're all like kind of now very nervous about it. But I go in my shower, I do this meditation. And, and now he says, go talk to Eddie. <laughs> all right, well, what does that mean? Because I was, you know, we, we, were, we were talking, but I was kind of like building houses. You were in the art world. Like, you know, people yeah, grow. I had four connected. kids. And yeah. I just, you know, there was other people that were around my life. That I definitely were, wasn't your trusted confidant at that point. Uh, 
I don't know. You were, but you didn't know it, and nor yeah. did I. Well, when you called me, you're like, I need to see you. I thought we were something needed to happen. I'm like, where are we going? Whose door are we kicking in? What? Who got over on who? You know, and then you're like, no, no, I really need to see you. I'm going through some shit. And I was like, I got you, bro. Let's go. You know, what are we going to do? And then I got there and I was like, okay. Yeah. I think you told me you were talking to Jeff before we met. So I was kind of like, all right, it's brought me back down to like, okay, it's not going to be a, a possible life sentence situation. It's just. No, but you, I think you'd have talked to JC because when I, when you, when we, you said meet me at uh, the Chateau Marmont. And when I expressed to you, because I remember you looking, I remember you looking straight in my face, like I don't, like we were like like locked in our eyes, and you looked at me, and you said you're serious, and I said, yeah, I'm serious. And I remember we didn't even we probably a lot of silence, and then you said you got to see my teacher. Yeah, I had just come from class. Yeah. And I mean, for me, which we talked about this earlier, like, you know, I'm not I, at that time. I was so new to the experience. I, I'm, I'm still new compared to you. You know. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I had full faith in Tage to explain it and then diagnose it and figure it out. Because if she changed me and able, was able to get me out of that dark spot, then I knew whatever you were going through, she was going to be able to kind of guide you to where you needed to get, you know? Yeah. I know, or I see through the bullshit, you know what I mean? And then when I, after you spoke to her and I introduced you guys and I ran away so I didn't want to be there to kind of I didn't want you to be uncomfortable and I didn't want to be embarrassed <laughs> honestly sorry to say it but after I went and said everything okay he's a little trippy right she's all no he's great he just needs a little bit of he needs to learn how to turn the volume down and I was like okay now I'm all in like if Tage is vouching for you for lack of a better term I'm like I'm in and that honestly was the the turning point because at that point, I'd been to a couple mental institutions and psychiatrists I'd go, and if she didn't like what they were saying... Yeah, then it's off to the next. Until and, she got the diagnosis that worked for her. Yeah, and it was either medication or incarceration. Absolutely. Or isolation. It, there was no, like, let's try and you know figure this out any other way besides locking you down. And, and, and I don't think for anybody... Um, going through that is really the proper, unless they're trying to hurt themselves. Yeah. Then there, look. Then there's a there's a change, and that's the problem with people. The, not the, when you're dealing with somebody that's not trying to hurt themselves, but they're saying things that are a little out there. The first thing that people want to do is have them locked up into a mental facility to be evaluated. As soon as that evaluation starts, it doesn't really matter. Now you've lost your rights because they. They don't understand that, it, you know, Western medicine doesn't recognize energy yeah, they based. they don't acknowledge. No. Yeah. And I mean, also, it's, it, we're, we don't live in a cure-based society. We, it's a treatment-based yes. system. So if you're well, there's no money for them. If you're okay and you just need to go sit on the floor an hour a day and maybe change your diet, they, there's no money for them. But if you're sick and they can lock you up, it's a couple thousand dollars a day plus the medication plus the person you talk to. It's a money train. Do you think, and I think about this because I'm not really, I don't have a conspiracy theory guy at all, but when you look at the governments, they know what's up. They spend a lot of money on like Stargate, I think it was, and programs, and they've done movies on people that have tapped into the, the, this, these the abilities. Source, yeah. yeah. And it's very like, look at if, you, like, if you're Tibetan, if you're Sikh, Native American, it's really this connection to source or to the planet that, that this is. And I feel that with all the stuff going on in the world, 
they have, they know that if they're like even distancing and all these things, we're people that are, we're about love. We're supposed to be together, you know, and I know that there's COVID and all these things happening, which is just absolutely, it is what it is and we have to deal with it. But you know, when you're looking at all the divisiveness and all the things well, yeah, going it's on. It's a setup. It's totally a setup. They don't want us to bond together and get along and understand that problems can be solved by conversation versus conflict. Are you kidding me? They don't want us mass meditating. It's the That's, last thing they want to do is have us unite together and have one voice versus a separated voice that's constantly fighting against each other. It's like war with other countries, war within our own country and within our own society. It's profitable on all realms. Look at CNN. Their advertising dollars are probably up beyond belief because of everything that's going on. So then, they definitely don't want Paige teaching a, you know, doing a meditation with a million people because whether you go into that meditation ready or not, you're coming out a little different. And the more you do it, the more you change, and the more you acknowledge, and the more you plug in a source, the the, car, the bigger the the cable gets, right, or whatever right. it is. Like the more information you're able to take in. And then all of a sudden, it's like you, where everything that you think you knew before, you don't even speak the same language anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of how you feel, right? Like, yeah, everything, every, you know, it's funny because money, like I said, money was my God. Because money was being on the street, that was the thing that it was able to give me the things that I saw that I wanted, shoes, the things that my dad and my, my family weren't able to provide. I mean, that was our connection. Yeah, well, it was money. I mean, I said that earlier today, like, I, somebody's told me who you were. I had an opportunity to get close to you, really. I mean, it's, I've seen it in movies. Like, Can I say many, something right now? Yeah. You, we think that, but look at where we're at now. It was spirit, bro. Yeah. Because we, the, the thing on the street, the camaraderie yeah. was this thing that we kind of bonded, like in how we met. Yeah, but, but it's oh, bigger than that. Yeah. It's bigger than that. Ultimately, it's divine. It's divine, for sure. But... When, when you met, when you found Assist, were we feeding homeless? Is that what that was? That was after. Like, when we started feeding homeless, and dude, there was nobody, they were the only one talking to me. Yeah. Like, I, so I, Assist came after that. Oh, yeah, Oh, it yeah. was the Malibu art show. It was after the Malibu art show. It was after, it, it was in between the Malibu art show and Akon Lighting Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. I'm just, I can't remember. I connected with them, but. Who were we working with when we were feeding the homeless? The bro, Venice, no. Venice. Oh, Anonymous. just like a Venice kitchen, but you. Look, I was like, I started feeding home. Like when we did that, I got like a, like all these beans, rice, when, and then I didn't really know anything about art. You, 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 you go, let's do an art show. And I'm like, yeah. and then all the next thing you know, we had like, a, there was a real art show happening. Yeah, we did. We you know, did. we got Brainwash, Shepard, Retina, Cisco Adler, Norman Wisdom, Jim Evans, Drea Da Vinci. Sebastian, I don't know who all we got. A lot of great people to donate money. The Kelly Slater board sold. No, right. we we got we. No, that was so. Andy Irons OD'd or died of you know he had a oh yeah that's overdose. right. That's, sorry, sorry, yeah. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce yeah, yeah. He donated the board. Yeah, I was with Block hanging out at Coachella, and we were elevated. Our minds were elevated, you know, and right. we bonded over some shit. And I was like, Yo, would you donate a board? And Bruce donated his brother's board, the Andy Irons board. And then Retina painted it. Yeah. And that's all close to home because Pat from Ruka, you know, was a sponsor. And now he's Andy's wife's widow's man. So it's all very close yeah. to home for us. That's right. You know, and uh, that's what led me to 
I think that's this next archer, the third archer that we're doing together. Um, there was another surfer, his name's Sonny Garcia, and he tried to commit suicide. Um, depression. Suffers, yeah, suffers from depression and um, addiction. Yeah, addiction, depression. It's all the you know they all it's kind all of connected. Yeah. Yeah, because I we we both yeah. Had, I mean I I'm I am an addict and I am also a two-time attempted suicide, so I get it. Well, you know, and you think about that. And both times I was lit up. I wasn't sober. Right. Not making a light light of that. I apologize for the laugh, but I wasn't sober either time when I tried to come home. No, you know. But I think you know when you when you have these these uh, these experiences. That, that, like I was explaining to somebody, and I felt like you have your identity, and you have your soul, right? And through the day, I would have these like these these feelings. Like all through the day, all of a sudden, I go, God, I feel good. And I felt like almost my soul and my identity met perfect, like woo. Yeah. And, I, and I got these like these overwhelming feelings, like God, that yeah. felt really good. And I would chase those feelings, yeah. trying to find it again with drugs or alcohol. Yeah. I got God, that felt really good. So I really wasn't sure what was happening, but I could tell in different times of the day. I thought it was was it something I ate? Was it was somebody I, I yeah, hung out made me feel really good? Yeah. I was trying to identify that really kind yeah. of feeling I was getting, and I couldn't figure out how it was happening. It was like this thing that would just kind of meet. And I did feel that once I had this awakening and these symptoms, that it just kind of just, it, they started swinging together, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Like they met in they the middle. They stayed on the same frequency or the same vibe. Yeah, and then that's when everything, you know, from the planet and the thing, you know, you, the, the oneness, you know, that sounds so hokey-dokey. But no, it, but it's real, though. It's real. Oh, yeah, Like I real. said, the time we were talking with, I mean, I said it a couple of times with that experience when I was going to Golden Bridge and Lisa was like, I tried to cut the tree branch down and she's like, don't do that. It's, you're part of that tree. We're all one. And I thought she was crazy as batshit. But then after, you know, plugging into the source long enough, it's, re it's really real. Yeah. yeah. I remember Samuel J. Samuel J. pulled his, his RV in here. And oh, I, yeah. And I said, pull, well, I said, but it's not that, that I go, pull the RV in. And he goes, oh, those tree branches are right there. And I looked at him like I was almost like annoyed that he was slowing the what process. I needed to get done up. Yeah. I go, pull the truck in there and just go. It'll just but he's like, no, nah, it's gonna break the tree, man. And he really was serious. And yeah, it's, he, is, he stopped and it wasn't gonna happen until we had to move the tree or figure out a way we could get the yeah, RV in without disturbing yeah. the tree. Did he go have a conversation with the tree? He had a conversation with me about the tree. Yeah. <laughs> And then I kind of just like, was like, oh, okay. But he would do these things. There was a bird that died outside and Sam would say, let's bury the, you know, bury the bird and, and, and we'll do a ceremony. Yeah, he's a good dude. You know, and I, I was like, I was watching this and I was like, okay, I'll do that. Not realizing, you know, I, I just had a dog. My dog yeah, Zeus, Zeus passed. I love, yeah, and I've had dogs my whole he, life. So Samuel was preparing you for Zeus. Something like that, or the or the sort the universe was preparing yeah. for Zeus, yeah, with an example of the bird. No, yeah, I never really believed that how much I could love an animal, like because I had dogs my whole life, but I don't know if I like until I was really, you know, it was like I say until I loved myself, until I felt felt that, you know, it just changed the way I looked at the world and, and the way I wanted to treat people. Yeah, you I'm know, glad it did. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that and that. That leads me to, to like what's going on right now in the world. And you look at all these things going on and you're like, wait a second, how, 
how is all this going on? Like a lot of people go, how is there a God if this is actually happening? You know, what, how do you identify with these things? But, and also one of the, Reverend Michael Beckwith, he said, it just, it's one of those things I, I it'll be part of my mantra yeah. is it's being done for you, not to you. Yeah. I love, you know, what? It's, when he did that service, I was, I hit him on text after I was done. I was like, dude, I'm never going to forget that one. You were there. Yeah. That, I'd stuck but we didn't to speak. Me. That, that week. No, no, no. I looked we at you yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't speak. But I hit him after that service and I was like, yo, that is the most amazing service. It's not the being done to you. It's being done for you. It's just how you look at it. Changed my life. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy that you even brought that up. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, and he said it just, it made all the sense because I felt like I'd been carrying this thing around, which was my, 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 the things I could blame my parents for, for who I was. And then I felt that, you know, the course of having this awakening and then having the right people around me and in my life, I was able to not carry it, but stand on top of it. Yeah, Tage talks about that all the time. She's like, your parents, it's not your parents' fault. Wake, stop crying. Right. And get to work. So much easier to fucking blame them. But you know what? COVID, back to the COVID thing. It's like when you, you look at what's going on right now, I've had so many conversations with people that don't go to Tage that aren't, you know, they're not in the, they're not working on themselves that are noticing within themselves and people around them that this time in isolation is forcing them to make changes for the better because you have to cut through the chase and you start really looking at life completely different when it's possibly going to be taken away from you or there's a disaster happening. So if, if it is made by politicians or man-made to like affect us negatively, it might, it might mess around and backfire on them because people are, are forced to meditate. You're forced to be alone. You're forced to, you know what I mean? You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's, that I'm, scares the shit out of people. It, absolutely. Which is a trip because it's like, that's the, it's like the thing they hide right in front of you, right? Because the whole, everybody's running around trying to figure out what they want from somebody else or the gurus that's going to give them all the answers. Yeah. When ultimately the, the, it's right there. Yeah. The family, people are spending more time with their family. I was on a call with Warner Brothers, our parent, yeah, Warner Brothers. And my partner said, to, you know, it's like seven of us on a Zoom call. And they're like, well, sorry that we can't meet in person. And my partner flipped it. He's like, no, it's kind of cool actually, because we're all in our own homes and sitting at our desks or in our living rooms. I would never be on the phone with you while you're sitting at home in your living room or in your office and your kids are running around. So it's actually more personal than being in your office sitting at a, at a conference room. And when he said that, that was one of those moments. I was like, wow, this COVID actually has positive effects. Because think about it. like. You're not like right now we're in your home and people are watching us in your home. If this wasn't happening, we'd be in a studio, we'd be in Venice, we'd be on set somewhere. So it's actually a good thing. I think it's, you know? you, it's, for it's, the art business, it's been good. I've sold a lot of art. A lot of artists are creating a lot of work. There's a lot of emotions that are kind of running high. So people's creativity. What might, about sales of art though? Cause the art I, shows stuff like that. I, I'm selling art like crazy. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. You know, about, the art and, and even about what's going on right now in the world, like having kids watch this go down, like your girls yeah. and see, you know, you know, and have you're, you know, half black, half white and watching this from the, the divide happen. Yeah. Like how I do mean, you, it's, it's, it's for me, you know, I'm going to be, I mean, can be honest. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. My dad's white. My godfather was white. My other godfather was white, Jewish, hairy chest, fat, chain, jaguar, <laughs> you know, I uh, went to private schools. So I didn't really have black role models growing up. So I've always been, 
you know, I, I've always had that easy. I, I played the card, you know. I'm light skinned. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. As, I, I wasn't the blackest black kid at school, you know, even though I was the only black kid at school, you know what I mean? I'm wearing the Shetland wool sweaters and the yellow turtlenecks and I'm trying to get as far away from that as I can because it's easier, you know, it's easier over here. It's easier to go to Todd's house than it is to go to Jamal's. Why? You know because they make it difficult. Well, it's it just, it, it is difficult. Society. You know, I had great friends that lived in Beecher Terrace, which is one of the projects in Louisville and I'm going to his house where we're having spam and free cheese sandwiches. I'm going to Todd's and we're eating bagels and lox. So I was lucky to be able to have that choice. Like we're swimming in his pool with just me and him or the public pool, you know what I'm saying? Where I might get beat up. So I chose that other way. But through these, you know, through what's going on now, I've found a newfound pride for my heritage and my, my, my diverse backgrounds. And I, I'm a little concerned and worried that, you know, it's pushing people further apart, you know? Yeah. It, because it, it's not necessary. It's not, we're not, we are not what we're, we're, people today aren't what people were before. But the people that are trying to create this divisiveness and this separation are trying to bring that back. And I just hope it doesn't work. I think uh, when you watch it, I never, I, I didn't, it's, it's difficult because I, I dealt with it from my mom's point of view. My mom's Puerto Rican, black, her, her dad was black, right? My, her mom was a heroin addict. Um, and she got pregnant and she didn't know who the father was so I had you know my dad my Italian side you know a bunch of guidos and then I had my mom's side and I identified like it was strange you said it I identified with my dad's side I like the Italians I like yeah. the Italian movies I like mobster movies yeah, no, I like, well, huh. like yeah I can see all that yeah right I so I, I identified it. my sister was like you know but I saw my sister and she looked like skin but she acted like she was black Straight up, and I'd be like, "You're just a sister, I know." Yes, she doesn't act black anymore. Oh, yo, yeah. Well, she might have acted a little black that night at Nobu when her and JC were gonna fucking drag oh, yeah. out back and beat me. Straight up, they 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 were, and it's funny because she, I thought you know she was a, uh, I guess they were just scared. I, I don't blame, I don't like look at it anymore like that because I think that I'm like you said, I'm a kind of an all in type of dude, and 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 I I have always been a little bit off. Yeah, you know, so. I think that when the experience happened, I, I had no other way of doing it except for the way I knew how. It yeah, well, just... I mean, listen, I, I, you know, they jammed me up and I was, it was the first time I got concerned for you because your sister and, and your wife were begging me to not talk to you. Please yeah. do not talk to him, you know? And I'm like, I've always been that dude that had your back no matter what was going on, whether you were right or wrong. And you, you did the same. But it was a little different. The pecking order was different in the way that we got down. Like you were at the top of the food chain and I was trying to just do whatever I could to kind of get in. And I felt similar in this situation as far as the spiritual shit's going on. I'm like, if this dude's channeling and hearing voices and I'm over here just trying to get a little piece of the pie at, at class, I need to kind of be around. But then JC, they really scared me that night. And I was like, okay, you don't want me to talk to him? I go, I'll stop talking to him. If that's what you really want, you think that's what it's going to take to fix them, I won't talk to them anymore. And then we didn't talk for like a week, and then that was, that was over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, is even with you, just what, with how you acknowledge it, you know, you don't, and you have to give yourself, I don't say the credit, that's not the wrong word, it's not credit. The self-realization of understanding fully who you are and what you're capable of. Yeah, I probably should work harder. 
It's 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 in that light. It's not really working harder. It's because it's not on the like like you feel it's it's kind of going in deeper. Yeah, you're right. You know, right. and that Tage talks about that too. I think, but for me, you know, I've always just taken a very lackadaisical look at. I just take the next best step, man. You know, that's just how I've been, even in my business, even with art. It's like, even with COVID, like I'm not sitting there at my looking at a call sheet. I'm just getting calls. I'm grateful to get them. I think if you walk with, if you if you operate with that certain level of ease, you know, things just happen. You don't have to really figure it out, you know. And I think that's just how it's working for me during COVID right now, you know. But it's actually, I it's weird, but it's actually perfect. If you actually think about it, every day you get up, good, the bad, and indifferent, it's exactly the way God intended you. So, like, it, it's perfect. Yeah. You, you might go, oh, because you're beating yourself up. But it got you to exactly sitting in the seat, the art you're doing, that exact personality. Yeah, you'll change because you know that you're going to better yourself with the two girls sitting over there. Every day, you're going to try every day. Even when you don't look like it, you're going to leave and think in your head, like, damn, I got to make sure. I want those girls to be proud of me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So even when you're not telling anybody, when you're like, fuck, there's it, in your head, you're still going, I got to make sure I get this done. Get because it right. they're going to. Yeah, get it right. You know? And that, that to me is like, uh, you, can't, you can't perfect that. You're working on perfection. Yeah. Meaning like working on it every day and it's not even realizing. It's a constant process, it. yeah. It's a never ending game. What, um, so what are we doing now? We're going to create an online gallery, right? Absolutely. That's the idea. We're going to try and raise a million dollars for assist in a year. We want to do that. I'd like to do it. Um, we're working with Rock to Recovery. Yeah. I feel that with both, it's like if we were to talk about poster children for this spirituality and addiction, they'd be like, oh, it's Eddie. And like, you know, I mean, I know I've done a lot of uh, different drugs in my life, but, it, you know, it's weird. Like I did, I. I don't know if I was actually trying to like kill myself. I think about the drugs you did, and I was like, "Damn!" Yeah, that yeah. was wild. I was doing yeah. 25, 80 milligram oxycontin a day, and no one really knew. I was yeah. able to kind of get it to a point where I was like, "Manage it, yeah. manage it." You know. I mean, trust me. When I think about it all the time, I think I was definitely trying to kill myself. You know, considering how much drugs I've used over my 50 years or 30 year, 35 year career. You know, I started using drugs when I was 13 years old. How do you feel that? Uh, Art and music help with people that have addictive personalities? Well, I think when you talk about levels, you know, like, like vibrational levels, right? It's like me, like you, I'll use you as an example, but you know, when you get in work mode, you said it, you just said it, right? You can be on pills, but when you need to get shit done, you kind of, you can put that, that kind of feeling away and do what you need to do. And then you can go back to the happy place, right? Mm. Art's kind of similar to that. Like people like Retina, you know, Retina, he, when he works, he's working, he's in a zone, he's connected to something and he just gets it done. And he says he can't work without being. Because he thinks that his mastery has been because of that. Yeah. And a lot, like I was just talking to Wes and he, you know, when you, when you, when you start somewhere and you're, you know, the art for him was probably affiliated with partying and drinking, tagging. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he, he definitely creates different work, rather creates different work when he's wasted than when he's not. Right. It's a different vibe, it's a different channel. And I think that's good for some people and bad for others. I think 
you know, I have a friend of mine who's in rehab right now and he's painted like nine paintings in like two weeks. And they're better than any of the work I've ever seen him do when he's not because he's not as good. So I think it swings both ways for people. You know, some people actually looking inside and taking that time to try to heal, they create, it's emotion. So they create great work. That dude, like Retina, he's a powerful dude and he's just stuck in between two realms. Yeah. His brimstone, like, you know, like he's got like, he's got something happening. He just doesn't know which way to go. Well, he's three weeks sober right now and he's, you know, moved to Miami and he's working on some stuff. So, you know, we'll keep, we'll hold him in, and we'll hold him in that space. Yeah. So I think this next art show that we do, uh, um, we're going to have his board in this one, right? Yeah, yeah. We got the Kelly Slater, Kelly board. Slater board. We want to get a couple more boards. Um, I want to raise money for, you know, mental health and addiction and, and, and bring awareness to, to both of these, these causes. I think that a lot of people, you know, especially kids, we, well, our kids are older now. Yeah. So now we're like watching how where we met, this yeah. is where they are at. Luckily, and, they're not doing any of the shit we were doing, though. I mean, no. your kids are great. I mean, not that we weren't great. We were great. We were just different. Right. You know? I think, you know, it's still, you know, I don't, my kids now, I still, I, I work every day to try to work on a relationship with them, but they're, they're still convinced that. You're crazy. Yeah. And that, well, because, I mean, I'm not defending them. No, no. But I am saying that if I didn't know what I knew and had done what I'd done, and I, I wouldn't, I'd think the same thing about you because you were very black and white. You're, I'd follow you anywhere you'd be, still will, but anywhere you said, hey, we're going to go do this, this is going to happen, let's go, I wouldn't question it, I'd just get in the car and roll out. And now, them not knowing what we know, they see it differently, you know, and I'm sure fear is a motherfucker. Excuse my French. Yeah, no, no, it is. It... Fear will, 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 that's why we, you know, our government leads with fear, because it restricts people from thinking and being creative and taking chances because they're scared. There's a reason why, you know, leaders, tyranny, what is it? Tyranny? Tyranny and like, what's the other, like dictators use fear right. because it paralyzes people. Yeah, the divisiveness. From, from opening your mind and being open-minded to something that's taking place. So I get it where they're at, but I just wish they'd meditate a little and then maybe they'd get it, you know? Like, let's take them at the age. It's almost <laughs> seriously like what the Chinese government's doing in Tibet. I think that the, like when you look at the society, what they're doing right now, this is, this is exactly the opposite of, uh, you know, and I don't look this as, I said this, I don't keep saying it. This isn't feel, this isn't a civil rights movement. This is a spiritual, spiritual rights movement. movement. Yeah, for yeah. sure, 100%. When you I mean, look 100%. at that, and, and you look at, you, I look at three things, and, and the other thing just clicked in. When I look at like um, African people that were taken from their land, then you have Native Americans, land taken from them. There was another component that I wasn't really clicking in on is when you also think about women and what has been done to women over the, like, these thousands of years and how yeah. they've been treated. There, there's a lot of healing on a lot of different levels yeah. that I think that are happening um, that are important, but healing for everybody, this is what it is, but the government is sending things in to make it divisive so that we can't cure can't this heal. situation. Yeah, we can't, can't heal. heal because of po political gains and wants and money, but yet people are dying. So this is why we're here is because we're like, okay, let's not fall through the door. Let's walk through with some art and some but music. It goes right? back to the same thing that we're in a, we're in a treatment based 
situation, not a cure. They don't want us to be healthy because if we're healthy, then we don't depend upon them as much. That's why there's farming regulations and all that other shit. But for the art show, we have we're going to do the art show and the concert potentially yeah. right? with Rock the uh, not Rock the Vote, Rock for Recovery and Assist. Yeah, and we're going to include the seventh letter in both of those. Absolutely, or are we just gonna... that's what I want to talk to you real quick. The trippy thing is, is like Casey, I've known, we've met. Yeah, there's so many when... interestingly look. Yeah, there's so many interesting connections that that are so wild. Even like when I was talking outside about Jeff, because when Jeff told me to talk to Eddie. Now this guy, now I'm just gonna like lay this out for you. So I'm in my shower, I start meditating. And so my friend who passes away starts communicating with me, right? Well, he, when he tells me, hey, you gotta go talk to Eddie. I'm like, oh, okay, mm. but I'm tripping on it. But I remember Eddie and Jeff had a great relationship because he used to go when you owed me money, pick up money, but you'd always give him free clothes. Yeah, I had the Odd Spot 23 on receipt in Ventura Hip Hop Shop. Right. So I remember these and pants. And I gave him some Gat jeans. Gat jeans. And those were his favorite jeans, bro. Gypsies and Thieves yes. was the name yes. of the company. Yes. Go I got figure. the picture in my head. I could, I yeah. could draw yeah, the, the patch on the yeah, back yeah. In, in my yeah. head because he wore them every day. Yeah. And you said he liked it because the, the pocket was long and deep and you could put a 380 in there. Yes. And, and no matter what you did or where you went, unless you flipped upside down, that thing wasn't falling out. It was Stan. Yeah. And then you said Casey. Casey was the designer for Gypsies and Thieves and designed all that, all the stuff for them. Yeah. And which all is, the yeah. crew did, like Cokes and Crush and Tyke, like every, all the, our whole seventh letter. The, the AWR crew was like the design team for Gypsies and Thieves. That's a trip, yeah. And then... Uh, Fast forward to now. Well, I you went go to see Chief. Chief Orville Looking Horse. I'm like sitting and I met with you with Casey and Casey gave me a seventh letter sweatshirt. I never wore it. It was, like two, it was like three years ago. Is yeah, when we had the shop on Fairfax. Yeah, so I'm going to meet Orville, and I'm like sitting. I wake up at five in the morning, and I, I go and I pull this shirt. I didn't know I actually still had it, but I knew where it was. Yeah, took it, brought it with me, put it in my bag, and I didn't talk to you because we. Yeah, I we weren't talking at that. No, point. I still took it. Me and Eddie were talking, so I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't even know if the shirt fits me. By the way, so I yeah. put it in the bag. I get there. Next thing you know, I got to call Eddie, and I'm wearing the shirt now. Yeah, for this, I get a call we for the talk. interview with. The, like, we were I'm, talking a little bit, where you're like, I'm at, I'm on the range, I'm meeting the biggest chief of the sovereign nation, and I'm wearing a seventh letter shirt, and I'm going to take a picture. That's literally what you said to me, and I'm like, okay, and, and you're like, I just wanted to tell you that. I don't know why, but I just wanted to tell you that. And, and then I'm like, okay, cool, later. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And I called you back. I'm like, dude, Casey has an Indian Nate, son. Yeah and wife and he's on the res all the time like there's a connection here wow like look boop, yeah. boom, lit up. Ooh, there they go. <laughs> and you're like that's awesome i'm all please send me the picture and you're like already it's already took it it's done i got it and i'm like send it send it and you and david i think we're in the airport and you're like david send him the picture and then it didn't send it for like six hours and i'm waiting for it to come through and it's so interesting because i think that comes down to people that you would not think that people from the street wherever you're from to be in a position and with art and music to give back. Yeah. And I think that was where it like to look at that, to look at people, you, you know, it, that you wouldn't think it started at graffiti is not looked at as like yeah, something. The, and now these niggas got millions of dollars and you know, all kinds of influence. You know, there's a lot of musicians like we should get Billy Morrison to get involved. Who's a great musician, but also an artist. He'll probably donate as well. And he's perfect for both. Yeah. You know, for the rock, the, uh, Rock for Recovery and for the, the Assist show. 
but yeah, Casey's Casey's definitely the plug. Yeah. Like he'll be able to help us get a lot of things done when it comes to the boards. Like hopefully Ruka will, Ruka will jump on board and help us out. So I'm we got to get. I want to interview. I I just feel there's. Uh, I'd love to talk to him. It's like I've met with him. I've known of him for twenty something years. Back nailing and forth. him down will be tough. But I will tell you this, David. Where are you? If we can jump in a truck and drive to Joshua Tree, we can get him whenever we want. But we'll it's go. Just I'll getting go. him here. But let, you know, we yeah. should actually let's do that. It would be more fun to Joshua. pack up and go to Joshua Tree yeah, for two days. He's got two acres, bro. He's got chickens. He's got bro. I'll do it. Like let's trees. go. Let's go. Let's go. We'll do it outside if it's you know potentially that would be. It'll definitely send the sovereign message. Let's do that. Why don't we plan a trip right here next time that we'll go? We'll go. I'll drive next week. I, I, I could, emailed him yesterday. Did you? So then, see if we can now, just do it there. See if we can go to Joshua it. Tree. Let's say we want to come to your place. Okay. Because I he'll he'll be like when you come and I've never been there and I think it's a very it's a it's very a spiritual place. yeah Man, yeah yeah you know, maybe are we gonna take some are we gonna take, we'll just we gonna, yeah we'll just play with it take some medicine while we're out there have you I, I mean I don't I don't I mean I hmm do we have him <laughs> who's, the, who's the shaman that's coming on this trip if you're watching and it, get, it comes out let, it's let, like now and then let's just can, clear this can up we get so a shaman sponsor um, I was asking somebody because when we talked to to Wes from Rock to Recovery. Um, I don't take medicine. I'm like, I don't take any prescription medicine. Yeah. Um, and I went to the doctor and I'm very healthy. I'm 52 years old and I feel great. Now I'll take edibles here and there and, it, and they do relax me. So I asked him, I said, because some people are like, you're not sober. And I'm like, well, I don't really know because if I go to, if you were to send me to a rehabilitation, they would prescribe me these drugs yeah, that I, that are antipsychotics yeah. that I just can't Gnarly. get down with. Gnarly stuff. Right? So... I, so I'm just the reason why I'm saying that is when you say plant, I I, I don't want to use it lightly because I feel that um, I think that plant medicines are amazing, used properly, and can help people with PTSD and so many other things. So well, and the right what's what's rock for recoveries rock to recovery. On that. What's that? Is he was open. I mean, we spoke about it, and, I, and and he was he was open to it, which was the best thing. But he wasn't to make a decision because I said, well, what do you think about this? Because he's not just he's not sold on you know, Western medicine. Yeah. He's like, this is the parameters which you not have to work with to help people to help get better people from not drinking. From what they're, yeah, from what they, what their right? situation is. Right. So now, like, I, I know that there's, I said, because he's open, I, I know that there's, um, like, military guys that are going and doing, like, MDMA that, that, that were close to suicide. That and they recover from Recover PTSD. with therapists. But also with, like, um, psilocybin and, and different, you know, psychedelics that, that really shown to help people. Well, the reason I brought yeah. it up was because when we were with Mesner, we talked about, you know, and that I would be very comfortable with Casey. Really? And on his property, because that's like, that's my center, that's my, you know, that's my, he's my guru, and you know, as far as the art world goes, he's probably given me almost everything I have in that world. We, we got it together, but without him, I, I, I wouldn't be where I am. So if I'm ever gonna get flat-footed enough to kind of, you know, experiment, that would be where I would feel comfortable. It's interesting because they were talking about having this, you know, some type of um, ceremony and uh, something's coming. And I've never, I've done ayahuasca once in my life. Everybody's like, I don't think you need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't. So, and I've done. I've what done, if you snap back to normal? I mean, not normal, what, but snap back to old Joey. What do you mean? Like. If you took ayahuasca and it's just like. Oh, I, no, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, I've done other things and 
like I've taken like um, microdose of just mushrooms, uh, or but it wasn't to to be high. It, yeah, it was at to all. open up the gland. Yeah, and so I just, but I also feel that you know going deeper in and sometimes with the mind, you know, there's different things you do. I I also feel being completely balanced with nothing is where you should be. But I also feel that there are things that you can help um, uh, get to a different place um, if you if pro- properly navigate it. That's yeah. all. And I, but, you know, you can figure that out for yourself. Everybody has a different way of finding it. Plant medicine or, you know, sometimes Meditation. it just spontaneously happens, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, death in the family or, you know, it's really interesting. If you go right now and go look at the symptoms for bipolar disorder. Just punch it up on the computer if you're listening. Now go punch up the uh, symptoms of an awakening. They are duplicate. Yeah. Completely. Has anyone not figured this out yet? Like it's almost like who's the idiot? Straight up. It's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough. Right. But I mean if you really, I don't mean to say the word idiot, but seriously, just the fact that we don't have the common sense to look at this and go, wait a second. Has anybody looked at the, they, it? It completely mirrors it. No, but it. Dude, the medical industry and people, powers that be in the pharmaceutical industry, that's, that's shadowed, bro. They don't want anyone to... They figured it out. Trust me. They fig, Dr. Fauci knows or whoever. They know exactly what it is. But they don't want to admit it or acknowledge it because then all of a sudden there's huge industries that have been created to suppress and control are gone. Do you believe in vaccinations? You know, um, I do and I don't. I don't have a hard line either way. I mean, I don't think they're going to... I'm not so far off that I think they're going to poison me with it, but I'm also not sure if I'm going to die if I don't take it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If there's a COVID, I'm on the fence with the COVID one unless it's mandatory for everybody because not, not a lot of people are dying from it. So why am I going to have to go get a you know, go get a shot for something that's not killing. Like, if I knew 10 people that passed from it, then yeah, I would take it. So I'm on the fence. Right. What about you? Different, I, I mean, four, I had four kids I vaccinated. Yeah, right? I had two. Right, so I don't, I'm not even, honestly, because I, I, I look at it, because I think when I, was, when, I was, when I was born, I think there was like three vaccinations. And I think there's like 70 or something the crazy. measles and... Uh, there was like three, but now the numbers are crazy. Like they, you know, I just when they give somebody a hep C or whatever, hep B shot, vaccination shot for, for a baby that's born that hasn't been around prostitutes or needle yeah, intravenous needles, use. Yeah. I don't know why it, it's needed. But I look at some of those things now because I'm, I'm married, uh, remarried, and I'm having a baby. And I'm like, there's no way now that I'm going to do that. Yeah, from all the, that poison. Right. Unnecessary. You can't, you know, you look at that and then you're like, wait a second. I sh- we should have the, um, the right to not take it uh, if we if that was our decision you know but they're trying to talk about it's going to be mandatory for everybody the last vaccination i took was yellow fever and i went to brazil and it was mandatory to have it to to, to go yeah I, I i mean i don't um it's hard to you know it's hard because as people my my nephew has autism so when you bring these 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 conversations up because i did not knowing enough you know i just wanted to talk about it and my brother got hot yeah. Because nobody wants to think that they could have maybe made a decision and yeah. not use vaccinations and they might yeah. be dealing with a different situation. Yeah. You know, so it's a very, it's a hot button. And, and Robert Kennedy Jr., I mean, has dedicated his life to this. And, and to when you, vaccinations? To, to helping kids, child health defense. It's like, uh, 
when you look at what he's doing and 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 what he's trying to do to help you uh, it's it, that's what brought me because i was invited to um uh, a benefit and he was speaking at it but i had no idea what it was about and i went to listen and then the next thing it, it, it just, yeah, just no it was like a, a rabbit hole yeah you know <laughs> you <laughs> go down and then you start asking questions and then you know immediately emma being pregnant is to start looking and we started just to ask questions that we wouldn't have normally asked because we're going with the grain we're watching the things on tv that they show you and go oh, it's fine it, you know yeah not really it's knowing not fine it's not fine man if it's on tv it's not fine no nope, it's not and uh it's programming it's complete why on do both you think sides. it's called a television program on both sides you know and i feel that a lot of these that from vaccination because right now you know it's going to become like the number one thing that's on people's minds is vaccinations because everyone yeah. right now is be forced to take it. Yeah, because of COVID. Now the problem Maybe is this is a big scheme to just get people to vaccinate. It's really the chip, right? Where everyone's going to have a chip. Well, they're saying that, but the thing is, is Fauci I think spent like a half a billion dollars on a vaccination that I think that he's a part of. Now you spend that much money, and you say you use a hundred people, right, to to do tests on, and they they the tests are high dose, medium dose, and low dose. But each one of the people that they use are very healthy. They've never been sick. And yeah. if they have like once, they're like 25, 20, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So you're gonna go, your, your numbers, even for the high dose, I think it was a 26% people got sick. Yeah. But these are for people that never get sick, bro. Yeah, least likely to get sick Now people, people that just go in, normal people, what are those numbers like? Yeah. Now you're, you're, you're gonna the be fragile. banging fragile people the in with, with the stuff that you're putting in them that you know, and at a point where everyone's completely um, feeling desperate and nowhere to turn because they like every think about all the people that did die and now transition and you're not even allowed to be with them or bury them. And, and imagine that pain. Yeah. And then I haven't heard seriously once. I haven't heard Donald Trump one time talk about that. I'm not saying anything. I don't really say, but ultimately no one's really acknowledged like those people's names. Yeah. The people like what are had... those people's names? Yeah people that had to pass without their loved ones what like can you imagine that i mean it happens all the time but this is this is something to where like it's it's devastating and we're not yeah. really kind of looking at that um but anyway i don't want to get too heavy with that because that'll take that's a whole nother <laughs> yeah, rabbit that's hole. a whole nother episode yeah let's talk about <laughs> art music again what <laughs> yeah I'm, i mean i'm looking forward to to, to getting this done you know, yeah, I, I, I hear we have a strong team. Our team is great. Right. We're, yeah. We got our new Mia. Where's Mia? Is it Mia? Hi. Yeah, we, we, um, bringing we, in the big guns. Yeah. You know, look, it, it's, I'm excited to do it again, to do another art show. Um, David's, you know, putting together, um, a business plan to where we'll be able to do it with the restrictions that we have and, uh, like everything. Well, you know, like before pandemic, there was all these other things happen. We're pretty resilient. We'll kind of yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll it's figure it out. Piv pivot. Yeah, for sure. But David, I was telling Joey, I think we should do our own print series. Ah. I think like once a month we should release a specific print, limited edition. You know, with people like Cryptic and people that are like-minded, um, that have message-based stuff that that makes sense. Like maybe even Wordsmith and I th and, and Wordsmith. I like him. Do you, yeah, Wordsmith's oh. great. Yeah. So he has a great message. I think those yeah. kind of, you know, message-based stuff would be good for us because 
not only can we do the limiteds, but they can we can do a num a non a non addition afterwards if they do really well and they can live on forever. What Maybe things, get Shepard to do one with us as well. Yeah, Eddie, like being a host with the artists and art shows, we want to do like giveaways, and we also want to start doing things to break young artists. So. One of the things we'll do is like, you know, when you brought the prints up is maybe do giveaways so that we could take these prints, um, give some maybe skate decks some you know, things that we can give to young artists and other people that are looking up to some of these artists. Yeah, well, you know, we should do like little postcard sets or something. So we do call to action the artists that are young and we'll do like a little five card series and those will be cats that aren't famous, that aren't well known, that are trying to come up and we'll make them and sell some and give some away to people. You yeah, because it's great. You can just put, write your mom's name on it, put it in the mail, send it out. Not me or you, but whoever else is fortunate enough to have their moms do it in this earthly experience. That sounds great. So what we do? We have we have a we have an ayahuasca retreat and a Joshua retreat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we, for more information, uh, and we have an art show. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm 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 glad you came in and 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 let's. Uh, We'll talk again. Eddie will be covering any and all art shows that we can. And, and um, I think the next time that we'll be talking to you is probably going to be from Joshua Tree. I hope so. I hope so, too. I mean, he, he'll say come tomorrow. So we'll come. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I felt I, the call. Right when you said it, I felt my, my feet vibrated. I'm like, we're going to Joshua Tree. Oh, damn. Um, I can't go until after. Well, actually, I'm going tomorrow. To? Palm Springs and Joshua Tree but I'm going to drop off a print that I sold to someone and I'm just going to stay a day and take Chloe. But after the third, I can go. So that's, we'll just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll connect Planet. with them and I think we'll tie it in and I'd like to. We got to rent a nice sprinter van with a TV in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We how, far, how far is it? Two hours. Oh, that ain't, that's not bad, dude. Uh, not at all. Oh, uh, for sure. We'll set it up. We could run an RV. Yeah, you know, it's fun. Uh, We're going to need two. I'm sorry. We're going to be like Lint Biscuit. Like, I mean, Fred, Fred and Wes had their own RVs. Well, me and Joey are going to need our own RVs, okay? Cause, yeah. yeah. But yeah, for sure. We got it. That sounds great. I'm, um, I'm excited to talk to Casey. I just, I, you know, it's, it's interesting when you, you, I have, there's a connection with this whole, yeah. this whole thing. But remember three years ago, I, 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 when I looked at you, I was saying to you, it's something to do with the street. Yeah. We got to bring it back. You're like, we got to call all your street people, all the graffiti, everyone that's out there in the streets. We're going to take it by the streets. Yeah. It was interesting because I really didn't know what I was saying at the time, but now... You still don't. I kind of do. <laughs> I kind of do. You know? Cause I it feel, just sounds better. No, but because I, I do. I feel, I feel like, you know, like it's just, look, we're, we're doing the same thing in a, just a refined, yeah, more no, adult... No, I was kidding. You yeah. know? way you know and and with the with some spiritual love flowing through it i mean one of the things that i always kind of go back to right is like when we did this it was illegal you know nobody we were like outcast dude and and one of the things that i'm grateful for the space between four and for you joey is that i'm able to actually we're able to make make a difference you know i was interviewed interviewed by rubicon global which is a huge trash company but the guy's out of kentucky and it was all about using art as a social action tool to make change and, 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 and create awareness. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to kind of enlist all my friends, because most of the people I work with are my friends, to actually do, do good, do something better. Yeah. You know, it, with our time versus just making money or getting fame or, you know, this, the shit we started it for, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's great to be able to give it back. Yeah, thank you again. Um, 
We're going to start planning the, the, the trip Joshua to tree. a Joshua tree. I'm excited about Casey, that. Casey, we're coming for you. Yeah, we are, bro. Like, this is great. I'm going to tell I bet Emma, we're going to Joshua tree. <laughs> we're packing right now. Like, yeah. We're all, the, the, the RV's on the way. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, then. So thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we'll uh, catch you back next week. And hopefully we'll be in Joshua Tree. That's right. For sure. Anything else? What are the date? What dates are we pulling on the show? We're still getting those dates worked out. Know. Yeah, 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 David. We're going to, yeah, we're going to, we'll probably announce the dates next week. November. Yeah, it's in November. Yeah, so we'll let you guys I know. I take out the episode with a little breath of fire. Yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thank guys. you, guys. Thank we'll talk you. to you later. Sat Nam. Yep, Sat Nam. And when shit goes wrong, Echo don't go wrong with it. Sat Nam. <laughs> Sat Nam.